really not going to um, preach to you, but I did want to refer to a passage in the Bible in Matthew 17. Many of you are familiar with the um, Mount of Transfiguration where um, Jesus takes uh, Peter, James, and John up to a high mountain. And while he's there, um, you know, um, Moses and Elijah uh, appear. And, um, and Peter, uh, as many times that he does, kind of puts his foot in his mouth. Anybody do that very often? I definitely ask my wife. I have a terrible tendency to put my foot in my mouth. And uh, he, he, he says these words. He's like, he says, should we build three tabernacles? One for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. And obviously, we all know that was not God at all. That was just a flesh comment. Um, but it goes to the heart of what a, a lot of times that we do when we approach ministry is that we look at things that we're trying to build something for God. And I want to tell you, there's nothing that you can build for God. He builds the house. What He calls us to do is to walk in obedience. And right after, right after that happens, you know, the, the glory of God, um, you know, talking about that, is kind of coming over Peter's head. And then there's this voice from heaven that says, Hear my son. And then um, Jesus, uh, or, or God touches them, Jesus touches them. And then they look up and they, they see Jesus. And it really is really what ministry should be about. And at World Challenge, we take that really seriously. Uh, it's, this is not a ministry that we are trying to do something great for God. God has already done something great for us. What we want to do is just listen and follow and obey. Um, it has been a really amazing journey for me. Uh, it's, it's funny as we're talking, I know Pastor Hector, uh, I think, even before I met Pastor Lee, I've known Pastor Hector for a few years. And even prior to knowing Pastor Hector, I've been to Harlem many times to do ministry. Whoever goes there, you're just going to be so blessed. And anyways, I would annually, I would take my youth group, and that was a long time ago, so 20 plus years. We would go to Harlem, and then we would do a foreign missions trip. And um, when we would go there, we would always go... And on Sunday mornings, we would go to Times Square Church, and then Sunday nights, we would go to Brooklyn Tabernacle. And um, I remember, you know, going into Times Square Church just completely full. You know, David Wilkerson, if I could look through the, you know, door to, you know, uh, there's, they had an overflow. I don't know that if I ever actually got onto the main floor, but I could see David Wilkerson uh, from a distance. And he, he just really had a great impact in my life. Even as a new believer, I would read some of his newsletters. And uh, he really had a great impact in this world. But a few of the things that he uh, loved to do was to minister to the uh, widows and orphans. Uh, he started a few ministries. One is Summit. Uh, it used to be Mount Zion, uh, which is a Bible school. He started Times Square Church. Uh, Teen Challenge. We actually had somebody this morning that came up and said, how does Teen Challenge fit with World Challenge? Well, David Wilkerson started both of them. Teen Challenge was, was for people who had addictions and difficulties. It was a discipleship group. And then he started World Challenge. And World Challenge is about really touching the planet. And I'll just tell you quickly uh, what, what we do there. Uh, first and foremost, World Challenge is a messaging ministry. The uncompromised truth of God that brings grace and hope and life. We're not legalists. We don't want to be legalists. But we do want to speak to a generation that desperately needs to know God. And so that's, that's uh, first and foremost, that's what we do. We equip, we equip pastors and leaders. Um, David Wilkerson had this great understanding that if you could 
if you could get the pastor in a good place, uh, then the church would flourish. And right now, I don't know if you've heard some of the statistics, but it's something like 60% of all pastors, if they could get a job that paid as much money as pastoring, it's like 60% would leave. Now, that's not your pastor. I don't think you could kick him out, right? So, um, I mean, he loves what he does. Uh, But there's a lot of pastors out there that they do it for a paycheck. And a lot of them, not necessarily because they're bad people, but pastoring is hard. I don't know if, you know, uh, we, we met with some pastors yesterday, and you, even when I begin to speak to them, you can just, you can just tell. This is a hard, it, it's a hard day to be a pastor. The last few years with COVID, I can tell you I was pastoring through some of that. It's difficult. It's difficult when, can I, can I have a couple minutes? So as I was pastoring with COVID, so one Sunday morning, um, we had we had started an 8:15 service that you know you had to wear a mask to get in, and you know we tried to you know reach everybody. We were doing three services, and so uh, so a lady came in, and uh, there's maybe a hundred people, and our church is pretty you know pretty wide, so we had one area that you would be within 25 30 feet of anybody, and uh, you could keep your mask on. But because other people that were like 40 feet away could take their mask off, she was like, yeah, I can't come to church here. And I was like, for real? And all right, uh, so she, she left the church. And um, then, a few, you know, in the third service, uh, I walked up and I would wear a mask just to, you know, kind of, you know, be respectful because I knew some people that was important to them. And I walk up to a group of people and this lady goes, Pastor, take that mask off. It looks ridiculous. And I was like, you just can't please anybody. <laughs> like, you just, it's hard. And, and, uh, and uh, it, it can be very hard. And so one of the things that we try to do, um, both in America and around the world, is to go to pastors and places. And yes, it's beneficial in America. But man, when we go to places around the world, in Eastern Europe and South America and Mexico, and you have these pastors that come in that are in just these really hard places, it's such an encouragement. Uh, the other part that we do uh, that, I, that is just really uh, near and dear to my heart is, is with our missions team. And so um, I was with the Assemblies of God, and this is, you know, probably 12 years ago. And um, when I was there um, I, as a missionary, one of my best friends was a missionary in the Middle East. He oversaw about 400 um, missionary groups in some of the most difficult places. His name is Mark Renfro. Uh, we hired him back, if, you know, at the first of the year. And his heart, and the reason that we brought him on, is because we have this real focus on unreached people groups. And I, I want to just kind of share this because most of you know I really have this strong Christian background. Uh, I get saved in jail. You know, I started going to a little Baptist church. I didn't really know where to go to church, so I'm going to this church. And there's about 50 people in the church. And the, the people that were 60 to 70, that was the youth group, okay? They were just old people. And, uh, and I'm coming out of, like, bouncing bars and clubs, and I'm like, so what do you people do for fun? And, and somebody goes, we do potluck. And I was like, what is potluck? And, uh, and I was like, okay, the food is good, but I don't know if it's really that exciting. Uh, and my first friend... You'll like this. My first friend was an 86-year-old lady. 
And uh, she would meet and we would talk and she would bring me books by A.W. Tozer and some of these other great people of God. And she would just start to share with me. So I don't really have this great lineage. But the one thing that really started to impress as a new believer is like, man, God did a real work in my life. And I thought, how many people have never heard the name of Jesus? And if they heard it's in some religious way, something like three and a half billion, I think is what they say, don't know enough about Jesus to even make a decision to follow him. And that's something that's really important to me. And I I think that if you carry the heart of God, it should be important. You know, I love America. We want to do outreach across America. But one thing that burns in our, in our heart is to take the gospel where it doesn't exist. And right now, we are fully uh, in throttle in that mode of going, where, where are people that don't know about Jesus? And so uh, we, have, we actually have been doing some of that, and it, we're really intensifying. If you took two circles, and you made two big circles, and there was an overlap uh, one of the things that we try to do, if one circle represented spiritual poverty and the other one represented poverty, um, we really want to go to the places that kind of do both of those. And we go, we minister everywhere, South America, uh, Africa. There's places where the church is very strong. And a lot of the church will go to places like Brazil. You know, there's something like 200,000 uh, churches in Brazil that are like born-again, on-fire churches and then, you know, sometimes we put our resources there. Not, not bad. We try to connect with churches there. But we really want to put a focus where the gospel doesn't exist. And so, uh, so at World Challenge, we're really uh, ho- hoping to do that. And when you do that, you know that if you take the gospel where it doesn't exist, and um, uh, you immediately are going to create a persecuted church. Because the reason the gospel doesn't exist there is because there's uh, forces uh, that don't want the gospel there. So as soon as you take the gospel there, you're in for a, for a fight. And so uh, one of the things that we're doing right now is we're really uh, helping with, uh, to speak to the persecuted church and minister to the persecuted church. Um, one of the tools that we use when we go to places where there's poverty, uh, Gary Wilkerson back, uh, I think it was about 13 years ago or so, he went to a feed, they used to just take, you know, take the feeding truck and back it up and feed people. And so he was at this, one of these feeding ministries, and this little, uh, little boy comes up and he says, you know, thank you for the feeding ministry because, uh, you know, I, uh, am here at the feeding ministry, and my father was here at the same feeding ministry, and my grandfather was here at the same feeding ministry. And it was meant to be a compliment. But Gary stopped for a moment and he said, this is exactly what generational poverty is. And we started to make a shift back then at World Challenge to go, we really need to be careful when you, when you go and just start giving things away. It can, if you're not careful, it can teach people to be dependent. And I, just my belief, I don't think that we should go to places and just make them dependent on Western Americans uh, that are white with money, right? <laughs> we should teach them how to fend for themselves. And so we began a whole ministry, and we do this now. We go to places. We teach community development, which is we, we teach them to grow their own crops, to do businesses, how to fend for themselves. And we train, and we do that uh, all across the world. I'll, I'll tell you a quick uh, story. Last night I was with some of the leaders, and I shared this story. But there's a group of African women that were prostitutes. And, um, you know, whenever... Uh, the owners or whatever are finished with them. Uh, they really have, they had no way to survive. 
And so uh, they came to Christ, came to know Jesus, and this is what we did. Um, a sewing machine in Africa is like a little business. And so we went and we got sewing machines for prostitutes that have now come to know Jesus. And they pay us back a little bit. They'll never pay back for the, the price of the sewing machines. But they pay back a little bit uh, every month. But here's, here's the result of that is that now they uh, provide for themselves and for their families in the region of the world. And what it also does is it helps to build the economy in the places that they're at. We do farming. We help with people teaching them the fish. And, and all of that we take then to unreached people groups and we train nationals in those areas to go to places that the gospel doesn't exist to help them to provide for themselves and then we tell them about Jesus. We actually just did, had a, a report that came back from one of our areas. And, and it's and over 80% of the people that live in that community have come to know Christ through that program. And are now feeding their families and uh, helping to develop the area that they live in. And to, to me, that's a part of the Great Commission. is to take the gospel, not just to get a prayer, fill, fill out a prayer card and then meet every need for them. We want them to put their trust in God and to believe and to trust God and to teach them to observe all things that He's commanded. And so we're, we're really seeing God do extraordinary things in extraordinary places. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll finish with this story. So he, um, back years ago, uh, he started Baghdad Bible College. So uh, this was in the middle of the invasion that America had in Baghdad, and the doors had opened, and there were people there saying, we need training. So he would fly in an airplane into Baghdad under anti-aircraft fire at times and, uh, and would go to a Bible college. And now the gospel is spreading through Iraq. And I don't know if you know this, but the highest percentage of growth in the world for the gospel is in Iran, which is the country right next to where they're at. And I, I think it's one of those hidden secrets that people don't realize. But in the Muslim world right now, People are coming to know Christ. And I believe with all of my heart, with all of the difficulties that we see raging in this world, and people are coming to know Christ in church. I said it this morning, so I, I don't want to like beat the, you know, beat the drum too much, but I want to tell you, church, it is time for the church to awaken. I know it's easy to, to look around and go, and being a Christian isn't too popular, and especially if you're young right now, there's a whole onslaught of, uh, people and voices that are out there to try to turn you away from God. But I'm going to tell you, if you ever have a glimpse of the majesty and the glory of Jesus, it will radically change your life. And when he begins to do that, man, I tell you what, I believe that as the scripture says, we will shine like lights in the, in the universe. And um, I, I'm excited. I don't, you know, people get apprehensive. I don't think that the revelation and stories of the end times are there to scare us or make us feel apprehensive. I believe it's there to go, hey, this is exactly what I would say would happen. And here we see some of the birth pains. But man, buckle up because good days are ahead. And I, I want to make a difference in the world that I live in. And so, um, New Testament Church, we're so glad to be here. We love Pastor Lee. Whatever ways we can partner in the future, we definitely want to work together. But uh, it's, it's been so such a good thing to be here at the church today and just see the presence of God. You are some amazing people.